Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. series. I believe we have one more week after this, uh, but the theme of 2022 has been rooted, and so I've been blessed hearing just all these different ministers, including my wife, uh, coming up and ministering just different aspects of what rooted is and how that revelation has come to each and every one of us. So today, we're going to be getting into the book of Romans chapter 11 here. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your uh, iPhone, iPad, Android, you know, uh, robot, I don't know, whatever you got. Uh, so whatever device and operating system you have, uh, turn to the book of Romans chapter 11. And we're actually starting from verse 11. It's crazy how that works out that way. And so hopefully in these last couple of weeks of hearing these different messages, you've been able to recognize the importance of being rooted in him, um, as well as the blessings that come with being rooted and we're going to continue that sentiment tonight. And however, it comes with a few things that I believe the Lord um, has wants to remind, remind us during this time uh, about, the, about this notion of being rooted. So continue on forth, uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 11. Um, I'm reading now the English Standard Version. And so it starts off like this. Uh, so I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather... Through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Uh, verse 13, now I am speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous, and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough is offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, someone say the root, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the same nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant towards the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root, someone say the root again, the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. Just a few more verses here in verse 20. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but, fe but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And then, even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted, Contrary to nature, into, uh, into a cultivated olive tree, 
how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? Man, so we got a nice, meaty piece of scripture to get into tonight. And so um, if it's any uh, pattern of the past here, I like to break this down. So fret not, we're going to get into this piece by piece here to break this down because there's so many riches in this and it's going to correlate so wonderfully with our theme of rooted. And so it's important to first establish the context of who we're, what's going on, who's speaking, who are they speaking to. And so here, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the Christian church in Rome that were made up of mainly Gentiles. And if you don't know who Gentiles are, those are essentially people outside of the Jewish people. We're all Gentiles here. None of us are, are Jewish here. Uh, we are all just the, uh, the salt of the earth people, uh, just these Gentiles here. And so... Back in this time, these two people, the Jews and the Gentiles, were at odds with each other. You know, it's kind of like a West Side Stories, East versus West, something like that. Uh, it was the Jews and the Gentiles. So at the beginning of this passage, Paul reminds the church and us, since we're the same Gentiles, like I mentioned right now, at the beginning of the passage of the way that was made for us to hear and receive the gospel in verses 11 through 12. If we go back right there to verses 11 and 12. Um, so with that here, of course, we know the gospel message, right? The gospel that God so loved the world, he gave his only son, the son to atone for our sins, to shed his blood on the cross, that even though he died on the third day, he, or he came back on the third day, he was risen, and that he's alive today so that we might have salvation today. So that's this gospel message in a nutshell here. And so um, he's referencing that at the beginning of this passage here, but it's also referenced in Ephesians 2, which is also written by Paul. So I'm, I'm going to put that up on the screen here, Ephesians 11, 2, 11 through 12. It says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises. Some say promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. So the first thing tonight I want us to recognize is we need to recognize the gift of the roots. You see, when we consider the gospel that we've heard, the reason that we're here today, and we've accepted that as part of our salvation, we often hear that we've received, like I said, the gift of salvation. Salvation is a gift, and it comes through the sacrifice and the bloodshed by Jesus Christ for our sins. And this is absolutely correct. You know, this is just a precious thing that has just been given to us. Uh, being rooted to the Lord is a gift as well. Um, you know, prior to all of this, uh, Paul reminds us in the churches of Rome and Ephesus, here in Romans and in the Ephesians, that uh, without the presence of God with, in our lives, we didn't have these covenant promises that they're mentioning, as we read in Ephesians 2. Uh, prior to this, only the Jewish people had access to the Lord. And the Gentiles, we... We weren't able to uh, intercede on behalf of the Lord. We weren't able to enter the presence of the Lord. Um, we were without those promises. We were without God, and we were without hope. Uh, however, those who, you know, because those were in the Jewish people that you know, rejected the Lord as Savior, because Jesus, of course, was a Jew. He went towards the Jewish people first and presented this gospel message, and majority of them rejected Jesus. They rejected this idea of him being the Messiah. And there's those people that are still out there today that are Jewish, that recognize him as a teacher, but have rejected him as the Messiah, as our Lord and Savior. 
I'm not going to say that all of them because some of our original Christians were Jewish. Um, but because of that, though, we have been engrafted into these holy roots that we see here today. This family of God, um, because those rejected initially, it may, gave us the opportunity to hear the gospel then with the churches in Rome and Ephesus, and it also gives us the opportunity today to continue to share the word and continue to minister to those who have not heard the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, at the same time, we aren't thankful that the Jewish people rejected Jesus the Messiah, and we're not looking at this that we have this salvation because they did. You know, we are thankful for the opportunity. There's a difference. You know, of course, we're not uh, happy when anyone rejects the Lord. We're not it's just, it burdens the Lord's heart. It burdens our hearts. But we're not thankful for that. We're thankful for the opportunity that was made for us. And so Paul reminds us that in spite of the Jewish people's rejection of the Lord, the Lord's heart is still for them, and he's still for Israel today. How many of you guys know that today, that the Lord's heart is for Israel? Amen. And so later in that same chapter in Ephesians 2, I don't have the scriptures here, but you can read it at your uh, later time. Paul writes that Jesus has reconciled both the Jews and the Gentiles and not only makes peace between us, he settles everything and the animosity between our groups, but he is also our peace in of itself. You know, as you continue here in Ephesians 2, one of the scriptures says that his goal is to be together under one body. You know, regardless of denomination, division, he wants the Gentiles and the Jews that have rejected him to come together as one body under the name of Jesus Christ. Um, he also says right here in verse 11, So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Um, so what he's establishing right here, you can it's kind of a blink and you miss a moment. He's saying that there's a difference between stumbling and falling. And where, as if you stumble, you can recover from a stumble. Um, you know, a football analogy right here, of course, what rhymes with stumble? A fumble. Uh, so with a fumble, of course, the uh, ball's falling on the play, and of course, the uh, offense is trying to get the ball back and keep it in their possession. But the defense has the opportunity to take that from them. But you can recover from that fumble. And so the same way, we can recover when we stumble and we get lost in our mess. We get thrown off by something. But then a fall, it means you're completely removed from the plan and purpose of God for your life. And so we're going to continue down to verse 15 right here. And so he also writes in verse 15 about how great it's going to be when those people who've rejected the Lord come back to the Lord. So Paul doesn't write off the, uh, the Jewish people that have rejected the Lord. Rather, he wants the Gentiles in that moment, and he wants us to remember now that it's just going to be such an awesome occasion once those people come to recognize him as Lord and Savior. Because at this point, and we're going to touch base about this in just a few moments here, but the Gentiles were walking with a sense of pride because they felt like they got it all figured out. Like, see, you Jewish people were foolish. We recognize the Lord and Savior. How could you not? You know, shame on you. They're discounting, like discounting them all because there was already animosity to begin with. The Jewish people looked down on the Gentiles and the Gentiles vice versa. So now they think they're hot stuff because they accepted Jesus in their hearts. And so Jesus, or Paul is speaking to that pride right here in uh, Romans 11. And so... The main thing I do want us to recognize, though, at the same time that Paul's telling them in Romans chapter 11, is that we must continue to pray for the people of Israel. We must continue to pray for the Jewish people who have not recognized Jesus as Lord and Savior. These are God's chosen people. God still is, has his heart for them, and his heart should be our heart. And so we must be able to partner in prayer 
for those people that have been lost. We must partner in prayer for Israel and all everyone in there. I mean, I think my brother Mario shared recently that there were some attacks on Israel, rockets being fired into, into, the, uh, into the nation. And so that grieves the heart of God. So we should grieve our hearts. We should partner with prayer with uh, the nation of Israel. Now, this kind of thing, you know, those who rejected the gospel, those who rejected Jesus, kind of sounds familiar if you think about it. How, what do you think we, you know, look at when someone backslides? You know, what do we think about someone that doesn't know the Lord? We have that same feeling. We have that same burden on our hearts. We don't write people off. I hope, I certainly hope we don't write people off. But we should have the same heart that we do when, you know, our brother backslides, our sister backslides. We should have that same heart for God's chosen people. Not You can have both hearts, but that is equally important is having a heart towards God's chosen people. So that's the first thing, like I mentioned, is first recognizing the gift of the roots. Now, the second thing I want us to recognize is that we must remember that the root that supports you. Um, we're going to get into verses 17 through 21 next. Um, and so I want to look at two things here. And so what I'm referencing here is in verse 18, where it says, Do not be arrogant towards the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root but the root that supports you. Someone say, the root supports me. You see, we see that Paul stresses the importance of not only having the gift of the gospel and salvation, but that there's still that hope for those who have previously rejected it. There's always that opportunity for them to turn things around. Um, You see, this was important for him to clarify because like I mentioned, the Gentiles were walking around with a sense of pride because they felt like they got it the first time. Um, even today, we can find ourselves acting like that towards the Jewish people. I mean, we've recognized where there's differences between us and the Jewish people, us with other religions that are false, that, you know, have these uh, prophets that are dead and not alive anymore. But especially towards the Jewish people, we can look at them with that same sense of pride where it's like, you guys don't get it. You know, how could you not recognize the Lord and Savior? We can find ourselves getting that, or we can just be apathetic where it's like, Man, I don't care about the Jewish people. I'm just focused about the here and the now. Uh, but you see, Israel is part of our heritage here. These roots have been established. You go to a park, you know, Central Park is a beautiful example of this, where these trees have been around for, for hundreds of years in some cases. There's some deep roots with some of these trees that have been around for such a long time. And so we have to look at the uh, the roots of God the same way. These are been established for generations and generations. And that goes all the way back to our lineage in Israel. And so these are all these things that make up God's family. Now, the second thing that's going to drive this home here that we have to recognize is this illustration Paul uses of grafting. So I have this graphic here, if I get the uh, guys to put it up here, to explain grafting. Because I can keep saying grafting and grafting. Maybe some of you might think of a metal medical graft when someone gets burned. Uh, but this is the uh, grafting in nature. And so if we take a look right here, we have this living plant right here, the rootstock. And then this is a piece from, the, uh, from a dead plant, the scion. And so... Right there, there's two different parts from two different plants. We have one that's coming from a dead plant and one right there in the pot that's living. You see, gra- the whole process of grafting is this. Uh, it's taking that, de- that old branch, you know, it has some growth, some still signs of life. It's still fighting. It's still trying to stay alive. It's taking that piece from the old dying tree and then going into a cut right there on the living tree and joining them together in that union in the middle. Um, usually, as you see right there in the third part of that, it's w- wrapped in this special grafting tape. And so 
there's this whole process of doing it where if this process is successful, then the the living tree takes this old tree as part of its own, and that that branch can grow as part of the the living tree, the strong tree. And so th- this is just a beautiful illustration of here because when we come into the family of God, we are being engrafted that same way. Maybe some of us were those branches right here where we were just we couldn't survive on our own. We were lost. We were without direction. But then we joined the roots of God in our lives. We've joined the roots of God's family. He brought us all together with the blood that was shed on Calvary. That's the gospel message. His blood covers all those sins, all the cuts, all the hurts. And with that, we're part of God's family through this process of being engrafted into his roots. And so as you see, though, when we are engrafted in, um, if you look in that first part of the, uh, the grafting process, that tree has a cut on it, if you notice. It's not just a whole healthy tree. This part, it's, it's been cut. And so maybe sometimes when we come into the family of God, there's been some cuts in the church. There's been some things that have affected the church. Or in some cases, it's not illustrated here, but there's some branches on the floor in some of these trees. You see it sometimes in the forest where there's tree branches around the roots of the tree. Uh, as a tree grows, it outgrows some of the, the branches and they just collapse and they fall down. And so those represent those who have left the faith, those who have have outgrown and forgotten that the root supports them, not them supporting the root. And so the way that has been made for us here today is just uh, is taking generations and generations. But let us never deceive ourselves that we are above stumbling or falling away from the Lord. Um, in verse 20, the other thing that he reminds us of is that, you know, he speaks about those branches that were cut off, those individuals who have rejected the Lord, the individuals that have, have, have turned away from the Lord. He says, that is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast through what? Oh, wait, over there. Uh, verse 20, please. I want to make sure that we get this part right here. And so Ephesians, or Romans eleven twenty, 20, um, it says, I'll go ahead and say here, through faith. Um, oh, yeah, there it is right there. I almost thought I missed it. So you stand fast through faith. It's not by works. It's not by merit but it, we stand fast through faith. That's what is our salvation is based on. That's how we maintain our salvation is through the act of faith. Uh, when you place your faith and hope in him, it's his roots that sustain and strengthen you throughout your days. And so in these first few parts here, of course, we first recognize the gift of the roots. Secondly, we are remembering that the root supports us. And now lastly here that I want to look at is we want to thank him and believe for the dead wood. Now, reading these verses in, in Romans 11 towards the end, um, now we're looking, looking at verses uh, 22 through 24 um, about not being spared lest we be cut off too. Um, as it says right here in uh, verse 22, Note then the kindness and severity of God. Severity of those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you provided you continue in his goodness. Someone say continue. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. Now, we can look at this and we can feel a sense of condemnation in that, this whole cutting off. Maybe some of us have heard that message before and, and feel like God, God is the one that removes us from his presence. God's the one that removes us from his family. But first, we need to recognize that there is no spirit of condemnation in the Lord. I want to bring some encouragement in that first in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 2, if you don't believe me. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, an additional reference right here on top of that says, 
uh, those who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. Now, notice this reference speaks about not walking according to the flesh, but according to what? The spirit. Uh, Paul writes to the Gentile Christians living in Rome and makes it clear that we must reflect on God's goodness here in light of the pruning that we see taking place. Paul makes this very clear in verse 22, says, um, note then the kindness and severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And so this drives it home where it's oftentimes we can think that God removes people from his presence. But Paul shares that in order to stay rooted, someone say stay rooted. stay rooted. To stay connected to his roots, we must continually abide in God's presence unless we remove ourselves from him. We're those branches that get cut ourselves off. God isn't cutting us off. We cut ourselves off. Abiding in the presence of God is something that we must actively seek out in our lives. We were looking at this whole technique of grafting, this whole illustration here. And, you know, is remembering not that the root support, that it's the root that supports us, not us supporting the root. Grafting works as we, as the branches, accept Him as our, our Lord and Savior in our lives. And we yield to all that is necessary to that growth and flourishing. Do you think that growth is going to happen if this tree kept moving around left and right, if someone was jerking around this, this, this old branch? The grafting is not going to take place. There's something done on a microscopic level with that grafting that you, that you don't see with your visible eye. There's these molecules within the plants that just merge together and bind together. It's a whole process. And so think about that. That's like us receiving the Lord. It's a process for us to really come under the covering of God, to come over all of his promises, all of his goodness, all of his characteristics. And so as we struggle, if we try to fight that, we're not going to be grafted in. We're going to cut ourselves off. We're going to collapse and fall again. We have to yield to the grafting process. We have to yield to all the things that God wants to bring for us because there's life in that tree and that plant. And so there's life in the roots that have been established long before us. And so as we continue here, verses 23 through 24, I want to make sure I don't miss anything. And so Paul sets the difference in place and lets us know that although the consequences are real for the fall, that's what he's mentioning right here in verses 22 through 23. He also wants to remind us that in God's goodness remains in spite of this. And so as he continues on in verses 23 through 24, it says, And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. Verse 24, For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted, contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, these are the branches that were there before but were cut off, be grafted back into their own olive tree? And so, you see, it's God's love for that that is unconditional and never-ending. It's his love that extends to those Jewish people that have rejected his son as Messiah. It's his love that extends to us Gentiles here today that don't know the Lord and haven't heard the gospel message. And to us that have even fallen away, to those that stumble constantly, his love is unconditional and it covers all of that. Now, we talked at the beginning of tonight's word about how Paul mentioned that difference between the stumbling and the falling. Uh, let's walk in knowing that even in our struggles, even in those stumbling moments, God doesn't condemn us in those moments. Those, that condemnation comes from ourselves. That comes from the enemy. 
that contributes to the true fall, is is succumbing to all of that pressure that that comes from all these outside forces. So let that be hope for you tonight. If If you are stumbling, if you are struggling right now, that God is here for you and God can continuously nurture and support you. We just got to continue to yield in and find those hidden treasures in his word. Find those hidden treasures in his presence, in his daily office, the daily times that we have with him. There's so much support in these roots that we have. We just have to yield ourselves to them. And so th- there's that even that, that, that hope that God gives us for those, these seats that are empty. Maybe these seats that were previously filled before, but they haven't been filled for a while. We know that brother or sister that's been a part of a service and they've fallen away. There, God reminds us here through Paul in Romans 11 that there's still that hope that they can be grafted back into God's family. And so tonight, as I, as I wrap up the word, my hope is that we really consider the roots in which we are engrafted into and that we thank God for all this nourishment. And man, how many of you guys come to service and you receive something? Man, you walk in, you receive something, you get something out of it. That's that nourishment right there. Just like as a, as a tree is watered, as a tree is, is nurtured and taken care of by the planters, that's everything that we get being one of those branches. We get that nourishment. We get that photosynthesis from the sun that, that warms us up, that continues to help us grow and flourish. And, that, that, and that's funny, this whole concept of flourishing, because that was one of our themes uh, a couple of years ago. And so even is continues today because in, by establishing our roots in him, we are able to flourish fully in him. And so because we've discovered our roots lie in our heritage with Israel, we first need to recognize his heart for Israel. So God has this heart for Israel and his Jewish people. And I'll be transparent. This is a revelation that came to me in preparing this word. Um, God encountered me in the scriptures just by me spending daily time with him. This passage of scripture just dropped in my daily office time with the Lord. And I know this is God ordained. And as I started to study this and started to realize what was going on as it talks about the remnant of Israel, uh, it's something that I wasn't even really fully aware of or nothing that I really paid much attention to. And so I'd ask God for forgiveness for having that spirit of apathy in the past because I think sometimes I would even look myself with a sense of, of righteousness where it's like, See, I get it. I have access to the Lord and Savior. Jewish people have it all wrong. And I had to ask God for forgiveness for that, for having that lack of concern or having a lack of care for his people. And see, let's not walk out of here, continue to go about our day-to-day without partnering in prayer for Israel and her people. See, we even have to be aware that we're not above reproach ourselves. We can go too often sometimes thinking that, we're too good. We've gotten to a certain point in our Christianity that we're above that reproach. Um, we have to consider that we can end up like those cut off branches, as Paul, Paul warns us here in Romans 11, if we're not abiding in his presence daily. Now, lastly, the thing that we need to recognize is that we must realize is God's goodness and unconditional love for us that covers us even in those stumbles and falls. And even those that have become that dead wood, those that have been dormant, maybe they've been dead for a long time. Maybe they haven't been part of the roots of God for, you know, for it feels like ages. There's still hope and there's still that, that miracle graft that can take place for those that have been away. And God, you know, just reminds us through Paul that it's just going to be such a miraculous scene when not only God's chosen people, you know, the Jewish people come back to the Lord, but when those uh, those who have rejected the Lord previously come back to the Lord. You know, we celebrate every time we do, uh, you know, a new salvation. You know, we always use the, the metaphor of God's, you know, throwing a party upstairs. He's getting the barbecue going. 
And so God is always happy when those who have rejected him previously come back to him. He always takes him with those open arms as the prodigals. And so that's what I have for tonight here. And so hopefully this is something that um, can really be engrafted in your hearts. And so let's go ahead and uh, let's bow our heads here. If we, if we... Thank you.